It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On podcast network is your host, Brady Trent. What is up, Thunder fans? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be so locked on Thunder that you'll have a Dennis Schroeder gold patch. If you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 with Thunder Digest until I joined 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 in Tulsa in 2018, right before the playoffs against the Utah Jazz. And if you want to read all my Thunder stuff, columns, blogs, whatever, go to thefranchiseok.com. And you can also listen to me, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison Morris on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon. We have a lot of fun, so please tune in. We'd appreciate it. You can also listen to more Thunder stuff on my other podcast, OKC82, that I do with Madison. That's more of a reaction to every single game right after they end. We'll do it in the arena. We'll do it at the studio if it's on the road and we're not there. You can listen to that podcast and this one. This one's a little bit more long form. This one's a little bit more methodical. That one's a little bit more riffy. So they complement each other fairly well, I would imagine. You can find all this much easier on Twitter if you follow me, at Brady Does Sports. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Feel free to shoot me a question about anything, whether it's about the Thunder, whether it's about this podcast, what you like, what you don't like. Please let me know. I'll, I'll do my absolute best to make the podcast more enjoyable for everybody. Also, one quick little favor, if you guys wouldn't mind. None of the reviews on Apple Podcasts reflect that I'm actually hosting the show, and that needs to change. I want people to either know that this is one of the best Thunder podcasts out there because Brady Trantham does a good job, or I want them to know that this is one of the worst Thunder podcasts because Brady Trantham is doing it and that they need to stay away. Either way, I would just like to see some more ratings, more reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you don't mind, please leave a rating and a review, and I will greatly appreciate it. It is Wednesday, so we are going to do the crossover segment where I sit down with another member of the Oklahoma City media. So far, we've had Maddie Lee from the Oklahoma and Jerry Ramsey, my boss from 107.7 The Franchise. And today, you guys are in for a treat. Once again, Royce Young from ESPN. We talked for about 25 or so minutes, so I don't want this to be a super long episode. The Thunder do play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Everybody's excited to see John Morant. I wish, I hope they wear their Vancouver throwbacks. I'm pretty sure they won't. They just wore them the other night when they beat the Miami Heat. So hopefully next time the Thunder see them, I think like 12 times in the next 10 days. So I look forward to that. Look forward to another good night of basketball in Oklahoma City. Without further ado, let's get to the man of the hour, Mr. Royce Young. And everybody, welcome to the crossover segment on the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. With me is everybody's favorite Thunder media 
writer, personality, whatever you want to call him. He is you have just... Nick Gallo on here? Oh, I know. <laughs> if that means I'm going to start cussing up a storm, then sure, of course. <laughs> no, uh, everybody, it's uh, Mr. Thunder Media himself, Mr. Royce Young from ESPN. Thank you, Royce, for jumping on the pod. Well, that the only reason I do I, I was willing to do this podcast, Brady, is that I had an inclination you were going to be just overly complimentary of me, uh, complimentary of me to start. So, did you have a I'm bad glad. day or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed that. that no, that's no, no. Good. Well, like two things before we get into some thunder stuff. One of them actually kind of deals with the thunder, and I guess we'll start with that one. You and I are just about an hour and a half removed from being locked in a. Mm-hmm. In a medium-sized room with about 150 people, 50 of which were kids, and Chris Paul. Yeah. And um, once we actually got media availability about 20 minutes after Chris Paul showed up, we were like, we were like stuck in this this medium-sized room with, like I said, 150 people. It was rather uncomfortable. We finally got a chance to talk to Chris Paul about 20 minutes afterwards. And I'm just kind of looking around. I see Eric Horn, Maddie Lee, Madison Morris is with me. And then I'm like, and then I'm looking for you, Royce. And I was like, no, <laughs> I guess he just couldn't handle it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, like the, the logistics of that situation was we were told to arrive at five. Yeah. Right. And so all the media was there at five. And I guess there was some sort of kind of, you know, crossing of the wires, miscommunication, because Chris did not arrive until six. And because it was at five. Uh, I was, you know, I've been to a lot of these types of events before. They're pretty low key, pretty chill. And I was like, my wife, Carrie was like, let's just, let's all, we don't have anything to cook at home. Let's go to dinner. And I was like, okay. So my, uh, Carrie and my two boys came with me and it was going to be very just simple. Go in Chris Paul availability, take five minutes. I'd be out of there. And an hour in, as you said, trapped in that room, I had Harrison, my five-year-old with me. And I was like, and he was bugging me, needed to go to the bathroom. He was hungry. (laughs) Everett's crying. I was like, okay. So I just basically made sure that Chris Paul saw that I was there. <laughs> I said, "What's up to him out in the hallway?" <laughs> and, then, and then I left. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you actually you had a you had a good reason. You had a you had your son Harrison, bless his heart. I can only imagine yeah. how uncomfortable it is. I mean, yeah. for all of us, we're all trying to do a job there, and everybody else is there to like, "Oh my God, it's Chris Paul!" And uh, yeah, the logistics of that were a little silly, but eh, yeah, it was it was a cool event though. I mean, honestly, Brady. I mean, I know we're just completely sidetracked here, but that was a. Um, that was a kind of a cool event, like a, a, an interesting twist on your typical like player takes kids shopping because Chris did it as like he, he gave them all, I think, a hundred dollars. Yeah. And and within that, he kind of talked to them about budgeting money because they had to save enough to buy somebody else a gift. And so like it was a good le- you know, it was a good lesson. I thought it was I thought it was a neat, uh, a neat event that Chris did. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with trying to teach kids the importance of math. If only somebody had done that for me when I was their age, I. I might be doing something else and making a little I bit more I need somebody money. to do it for me at my current age. That I mean, would be helpful for me. <laughs> thank God for calculators and basketball reference. I don't know what I'd do without them. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, Royce. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't think I've ever been so triggered by something you've tweeted before than what you tri- um, tweeted out this morning. I have kind of been resigned to the fact that, you know what? The new Star Wars movies, they are what they are. I'm probably going <laughs> to go see them. They're mm-hmm. not going to be movies that I want to watch again. They'll just mm-hmm. be entertaining in the moment, so what? But at the same time, that's so disappointing because I grew up loving Star Wars. And I haven't been excited for Rise of Skywalker. Ever since I saw the first trailer, I'm just like, oh, God, they're bringing back Emperor Palpatine. Just don't get me excited. And then you tweet out that thing this morning saying, I saw it last night. Everybody go see it. Please don't get, me ex- <laughs> don't get my hopes up, Royce. Come on now. Uh, I mean... It should be noted that uh, Disney owns ESPN. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, honestly, okay. No, 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 no. Company I, man. I mean, 
I am a company man. I'm an unabashed company man. But I took my company hat off in this regard. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I love Star Wars to death. I'm not as like – I'm not as tangled up in the like emotional connection to Star Wars. Like it's like – I need the plot to fulfill my life the the way that some people are like, Oh no, this doesn't, this doesn't complete me. This doesn't live up to my personal expectation. I just want like good entertaining movies. And you know, if it scratches some nostalgia, that's great. But I also, you know, I just want it to be good. And so like, to me, it it was a, it was a good movie. It was entertaining. It was the way I described it. It's like two and a half hours long and it's like relentlessly entertaining. Like it, it, like it does not stop trying to make you have fun during that movie. But um, whether or not it hits all the right notes, whether it checks all the right boxes for everybody, I don't know. I think, you know, I told this to somebody today, Brady. Obviously, I'm staying as far away from spoiling anything about that movie that I can. But <laughs> I, I think that people are going to fall into two categories. There's going to be people that are like, I wanted more Star Wars. I'm glad we got to see these people again on screen. I'm g- glad I got to enjoy that the Skywalker saga a little bit more. I'm glad they made them. Or you're going to have the other group of people that are going to basically say, those movies don't exist to me. That they ended at episode six, period. The end, and you're gonna that's how people I think are gonna feel. We're gonna be on one of those two sides, yeah. I mean, well, at least the Mandalorian's pretty badass. I've only seen like the first three or four <laughs> episodes. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a pleasant yeah. surprise. I, this is actually kind of good. And, I like it. And that's the other that's the other thing. So, like, I got to go to like the premiere of the movie, so like everybody's there, and so you're like hyped up, like it's, it's almost like you can't not enjoy the movie, yeah. Um, I keep telling everybody this, I literally sat next to the Mandalorian. Like I sat next to the guy that plays the Mandalorian. <laughs> he was in the chair next to me. So like, I was like, uh, it was kind of hard not to be fired up about Star Wars last night. It's like you remember when you shot Chubbs in like the end of the second episode? That was awesome. <laughs> now, Go full Chris Farley on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back with Royce Young in just a second. First, I wanted to talk to you guys about Casper mattresses. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NBA. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and other small offers from locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I guess another thing, let's let's do this silly Yeah, what little, am I on here to talk about? Exactly. Let's do this silly little segue to the Thunder. Another thing that is relentlessly Smooth. entertaining for about 2 hours mm. is the, this current rendition of the Oklahoma City Thunder and no different uh no better example than the game last night against the Bulls Royce uh you were pro- you were busy doing your Star Wars stuff I guess uh um, I did watch it this morning though yeah I did watch it this and, morning I mean I don't know you 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 watched it knowing probably what obviously what the I, result of that game was going to be I, I didn't lie on the uh episode the, yesterday I lost interest 
midway through the second quarter, and even in the beginning of the third, I'm just like, oh, I'm here because I'm required to be here because my mm-hmm. job says so. But I lost interest. I had no hope in the Thunder. It was so bad, but good God, this team. It's so hard to quantify exactly what they are because I think we went into the season with all of our own opinions and expectations. Is the roster going to be like this You know, for this amount of time? If it is then X. If it isn't, then Y. So much stuff goes into the season. And, you know, we're 25, 26 games into the season now, and we kind of have a better idea of what they are. And, I mean, goodness, they're they're not bad. They're not amazing, but they're, they're good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, Brady. Like, so, yeah, I looked at the, uh, the score of the game, and I knew that the Thunder had won. So I'm watching the first quarter, and I'm like, oh, bad start. And then I watched through the first half. <laughs> I was like, wow, when's this turnaround? Then I'm through like almost all the way through the third quarter, and I'm like, okay, so when does this uh, when does this happen here? Yeah, like how do they get back in this game? Uh, so it was a little bit shocking to to kind of see how furious that comeback was. Uh, but look, I, I think that right now, maybe maybe in some people's minds, the Thunder are exceeding their personal expectations. I think after what happened with this summer, losing Paul, losing Russell immediately people just reduced the thunder to rubble. They just thought, like, this team's no good now. But in reality, if you just took away the kind of emotional, uh, jarring aftershocks of what happened over the summer and just said, okay, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, you have a basketball team with Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And you just remove the fact that that's the, the former thunder team, right? Yep. People say, like, that's a pretty good team. Like, that's a good team right there. They need to probably be better in a few different areas. What's their bench look like? But you say that's an okay team, and so to me, the Thunder are kind of what 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 we thought they would be. Like they're they're quality. They move the ball. They play pretty well together. They're good some nights. They're really good some nights. They're pretty bad some nights, um, and they don't always have it. I mean, they're just to me, they're just kind of your mediocre run of the mill team. Now we all know if you go you go through the schedule and look at it, they could have four more wins. You know, they could be yeah. a lot. Their record could be better than what it is. They they are not. They are not easy to blow out. They are in close games. They have opportunities to win um, because they they play the right way. They play good defense. Uh, they share the ball, and they they just had opportunities even against the very best teams. They've been in those games. So I think that this Thunder group is just they're just a solid team. I mean, they, in some ways, you know, I've I've heard people make the comparison, Brady, and I think it's pretty accurate. They're kind of last year's Clippers, right? I mean, they're just they're just a team of a lot of good players. Nobody's just like a an absolute standout. Maybe Chris Paul's. You know he does kind of elevate to that star level that that the uh, the Clippers didn't necessarily have last year, but uh, they're just they're just kind of good, not necessarily top to bottom. There are certainly some some holes in the in in terms of depth, but but like they're they're top eight. That's a solid top yeah. eight. Yeah, I mean they're, they're certainly a team that you have to respect, no matter who you are coming like coming into Oklahoma City or, or they're coming into your arena. They're just they're like you said they're like last year's Clippers, and if you took them lightly they'd run you out of the gym pretty quick. But mm-hmm. the way this team has been able to win, and they've done it in a plethora of ways. They've done it you know, from start to finish. They've done it like the other night against Chicago where they just decided to play like, I guess, OU and Waco against Baylor a few weeks right, ago. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, oh, I guess we'll just show up in the second half and that'll be enough. But, you know, it just kind of goes to, and you, you had actually talked about this a few weeks ago on Twitter, and one of the things that I think a lot of people were excited for going into the season, which was, okay, now we actually get a chance to see just how good of a coach Billy Donovan is. And, right. you know, I'm I'm a fan of Billy Donovan. I think he certainly knows X's and O's. I mean, you just look at his resume. I mean, the guy knows basketball. Um, now, he's had the fortune and the unfortunate, you might say, of 
the particular players that he's had to coach in his short NBA career. Um, it's won him some games, and it's probably allowed him to not really showcase how good of a coach he can actually be. But this season, with probably more personalities that are more willing to listen to a voice or listen to an identity or a system and try and attack it, it appears so far that the Thunder, whatever Billy Donovan is selling, the Thunder, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, the leaders on this team, they're they're buying it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's well said because, you know, and, and to kind of extend it further, you know, it is a blessing to be able to coach Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and then Russell Westbrook, Paul George. You know, stars win you games, and, and nobody is so delusional to think that this Thunder team, while it's kind of aesthetically pleasing, they play kind of the quote-unquote the right way, the scrappiness is admirable, all those types of things are great. I mean, last year's team was better. Like, Russell Westbrook teams are better, okay? Yeah. So, like, you can you can separate those types of things. But, you know, when you're when you're a coach that has a team that, you know, is in a position to exceed expectations, that's when you can kind of get a little credit as a coach. You know, like all Billy Donovan was set up to do was to in, in at least in terms of perception was to fail because he had a, a built in contender when he stepped uh, into the NBA with Durant and Westbrook. And then it was like he's not, it was about what he was not doing rather than ever getting any kind of credit for what he was doing. Billy Donovan was never going to get credit for Thunder success unless they went to the NBA Finals or something, you know, so, and, and that would be exceeding expectations. That's what it kind of typically requires for a coach. So this group to a lot of people is kind of exceeding expectations. So now Billy Donovan is getting a little bit of credit. And, you know, the thing is to me, Brady, that I think he deserves a lot of credit for is this is an egoless team. Like you can just feel it. I mean, you're around him every single day. You, you can just feel it the way that they interact with each other, the way they play together. They really, you don't get the sense that they care who scores, who gets the assist, who gets a rebound. They're just trying to kind of go play together and figure out a way to win. And I think that that is, I think that comes a lot from Chris Paul. I think it comes a lot from Steven Adams, but I also think it comes from Billy Donovan. I think he set a really positive uh, tone with the, with the entire team. So, you know, and he made, he made a pretty bold adjustment in the way that they've kind of reconfigured how they use Steven Adams, basically moving him out uh, to the free throw line extended. They run a lot of offense through him as is basically uh, like kind of what Marc Gasol used to do, um, like, you know, almost kind of like Jokic light in some ways. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously Adams doesn't have the full range of capabilities of Jokic, but I mean, you know, kind of slingshotting off of him, dribble handoffs, using his passing ability. And that was a bold decision because Steven Adams is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league, maybe the best. And you've sort of taken away his his maybe elite talent to to try to enhance your overall offense. At times that didn't work. I think at times there was – reason to maybe criticize Billy Donovan for that but at, we've kind of seen it playing out in a more positive way over the last couple of weeks and I think I think Donovan deserves credit for that yeah actually I want to stick on that subject a little bit because I uh, I think I talked about is either on this podcast or the other one that I do okay CD2 I I talk so much on so many podcasts I, I can't really keep track of them but um, that little set play that they're running with Steven Adams in the corner which is where he's launched those two threes one in preseason mm -hmm. one in that win a few weeks ago against Minnesota that he missed the other two situations he's actually taken the ball run around a screen from Shea Gilles Alexander which bless his heart he's usually setting a screen on a big so he's trying to basically tackle the guy right um, well Steven's like dribbling around and I basically said what you just said they're trying to treat him like Jokic light I, I want to see that out of Steven. That's something I've always wanted to see out of him, not him shooting threes. I mean, that would be exciting, of course, and we we get to see him in, after practice. He doesn't have a bad shot at all. But I, I feel like the other elite, potential elite um, skill that he has, Royce, 
is his ability to make passes to like his court vision because mm-hmm. those random times where the ball just happens to bounce, you know, right into his hands, uh, particularly with like teams like like Russell Westbrook, and he's able to find a cutter just by looking at him. He always makes he he seems to always be able to make that pass. So I actually like that. That's what Billy Donovan has done is take him taking him away from the rim and taking away some of the offensive rebounding because that's something I've wanted to see. Is just I want to see Stephen Adams play make in the half court. I feel like that that's something untapped that can grow into something in the future. Yeah, because that's I mean that's an awareness I think from Donovan to understand there are offensive limitations to this roster and Stephen Adams has some untapped offensive potential and so let's explore that and that's that's sort of what this season needs to be about in a lot of different ways and I mean a lot of people can evaluate this year however you want to but at the core of it and and for Billy Donovan's future I think it is kind of proving that he's the right develop developmental mind to kind of undertake what the Thunder are you know probably going into over the next couple of years so you know with you know, one of the plays that I, I like you kind of mentioned it, Brady, that I really like is that the ones where Adams will catch it at the elbow or just a little bit free throw line extended and he'll go real quick off the dribble. You know, it's yeah. kind of like this because, you know, there's in the past, there's been so much kind of ball holding. He's just kind of waited for a dribble handoff, but he is he's really offensively skilled. I mean, he's 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 got great feet. He's got he's really quick with a spin. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of a joke that he could Euro step, but like he can legitimately Euro step I mean, yeah. he's good at it, you know? So like, uh, these are the type of things that I think that they're trying to kind of unlock from Adams and look, he's gotten healthy over the last couple of weeks and he's played pretty good basketball overall. And I think that that's kind of reflected in that Oklahoma city's offense overall has been better. Now guys, if you're like me and you do everything at the last minute, because this job and I'm sure everybody else's job is very demanding this time of year. So you don't have a lot of time to go out and find holiday gifts. Just go to breaking.com slash locked on for all your last minute fun sports gifts for the holidays. Breaking team makes sports t-shirts around team's passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and other fun sports gifts. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Now, December 15th has come and gone, and I, I feel like some people, not everybody, not even half of Thunder Twitter, I feel like some people probably went into December 15th, Royce, thinking that it was like the trade deadline. Okay, yeah, like, that, where's the trade? Yeah, no we're, trades? We're, nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Zach Lowe on ESPN, they had their show, and they had some things to say about the Thunder, and really, unless you've just had the opinion, like the, the stubborn opinion that trades are going to happen no matter what, you you weren't surprised. Like I wasn't surprised. Like I think you and I have had conversations. I've had conversations with other people uh, that cover the thunder. Yeah. Like about a few weeks into the season, I just, for whatever reason felt 
I don't think Chris Paul is going to get traded for X amount of reasons. Right. And the further we get along in this season, I'm starting to feel that way about Danilo Gallinari. And then after what Woj and, and Lowe said about the potential there being for a sign-in trade, which means mm-hmm. he'd finish out this season and then that would happen. I just wanted to ask you this philosophical question because the Thunder are they're in the thick of a playoff race and they're going to be fighting for the seventh and eighth seed more than likely against teams like Phoenix, uh, Sacramento, Minnesota. You know, team, teams that Portland. you can Portland teams that you can look at and say, you know what, if the Thunder if this roster stays intact, the Thunder probably have the best roster in terms of veteran ex- leadership, playoff right. experience, knowing when to turn it on at the right time. I would pick the Thunder roster over any of those rosters, no question. So the Thunder have a fork in the road. They can just, unless something stupid comes their way, if some other GM just says, please take this awesome young player and then two first-round picks and give us Danilo Gallinari, then, of course, Sam Presti probably pulls that trigger. But unless that happens, and the likelihood of that happening is pretty slim, unless that happens, I think the Thunder should just stay put. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing wrong with um, – because if, if they just traded Danilo Gallinari, I'm trying not to ramble, but if they just traded only Danilo Gallinari, what does that make you? You're you're a worse team, but you're still not bad enough to be at the in the top three of the lottery. Right. You're still going to be probably fighting for that final playoff spot because you're still talented. So in my in my mind – just keep them unless you want to trade, you know, Chris, Danilo all at the same time and just shut it down immediately. Right. No, I think that's well put that, you know, they 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 came into this season, Brady, like completely comfortable with the idea that they could be a playoff team. A lot of people scoffed at that, but they felt like they might be a, you know, might be a decent team. And 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 I think that a lot of a lot of observers have been like, OK, they're tanking. Right. Well, they're, they're not tanking yet. They have too good of a team to tank. They're they're not rebuilding yet. They haven't they haven't gotten to that point yet where the the roster has been completely dismantled they have too many good players on the team and look they could tear it down right this second if they wanted to there's people out there that would take half the roster off their hands no doubt happy to do it but that would be that would be completely anti-presti to just rush into a rebuild and not remain patient and remain opportunistic because that's presti's whole thing is that look every player on the roster right now every single player has a price tag if you hit that price tag Presti's going to be willing to talk. You know, he's going to be willing to deal. But that price tag is set kind of, um, you know, obnoxiously high right now for good reason because <laughs> yeah. he has the leverage. He can sit there and say, "I've got a good team. I want to stick with my team." So if you want to pull one of my players away, you got to you got to make me a deal. So I think that goes for Gallinari. I think that goes for Schroeder in some ways. I think that there are, you know, there. I, I would I would expect the Thunder to make some moves. I don't think that they're just going to continue to stick with the current incarnation of the roster. I think that something is going to give. Because there's some roster redundancy, right? I think some guys are kind of stepping over each other. They need to kind of clean up the rotation if they do want to sort of see this group out. So they 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 may kind of pick around there. But I like I said, I look, I, I think people have this idea of like, well, what are you waiting for? Get the tank on. If we're yeah. gonna tank, tank it up. But the tank's really not coming for a couple of years. That's when all the draft capital starts to roll in. That's when, you know, you can you can uh, bottom out for two or three years use your own picks, and then you kind of restock and layer the team with all the other picks that you've got from the Rockets and the Clippers. So I think I think people are a little impatient. It's like like you said, it, there's this no man's land that's like, you know, you don't want to be mediocre, but like this team's kind of mediocre, but it, it's too good to be bad. So unless you just want to, you know, pull the plug on it and, you know, take uh, take 50 cents on the dollar for all your good players – that's that's just not the Thunder style, you know. And so I think something like Gallinari, uh, if, if the right deal comes along, I think Presti is willing to talk. And again, I think the Clippers are a good comparison. 
Just because they trade Danilo Gallinari doesn't mean that they're just bad all of a sudden. The Clippers traded Tobias Harris, and a lot of people thought, oh, okay, they're obviously peeling back. Still made the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that, that was still a good team. So if, if Presti were to trade Gallinari and he gets rotation players back in return, you might be able to replace some of that production. And I think, I think the Thunder could still be decent and competitive. So, again, I'm rambling just like you. I, but, <laughs> I mean, but that's the point. I think, it's, I think it's like a difficult concept to kind of like understand. You almost have to talk your way through it and be like, okay, we get it. We get, Presti wrote a letter in the, in the paper for crying out loud, basically outlining the future of, uh, of the team. When's that coming? Is that not what we're seeing right now? Well, like, that's, it's not here yet. So embrace and enjoy this current group. Yeah, because in my opinion, like the other side of the coin, and I feel like I might have pissed off everybody that listens to this podcast that is just in that crowd of, please just tank. Uh, that's, all, that's all I want. I want high draft picks. And I, I certainly understand that. That's thinking for the future. But this, this corny idea that I've had is just, well, you can also play for the future in in just simply getting into the playoffs and teaching guys like Shea Gills, Alexander, Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley, Terrence Ferguson – getting them more acclimated to playoff basketball so that when that time comes that the Thunder have, I guess, rebuilt themselves, you know, two or three years down the road, that's not those players' first foray into big-time playoff basketball. They've already had that experience going back to this season. And it's a right. little corny, but I keep falling back to what Sam Presti kind of talked about on the Woj pod a few weeks or last week where um, – the Thunder take great pride in being one of the winningest franchises, not just in mm-hmm. the NBA over the last decade, but in professional sports. So it just they don't strike me as a franchise that's just like, yep, screw it. We're just going to trade everybody for the sake of it and just suck as much as we can. That's what a bad that's what a bad franchise does, right? They 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 say, oh, okay, we're doing the tank thing. Like get rid of everybody and not realize that you have to take advantage of the assets that you already have in place. You know, and so again, I, I think that like one of the elements is is that I think we can all kind of agree. We've talked about Chris Paul's future a lot. He's makes too much money to trade right now. And there's really no, there's really no offers. There's really no suitors out there. If you've got Chris Paul on your team, you're kind of in a no tank situation. You know I mean? He's for one, he's, he's a little bit too good for you to tank around him. He, he elevates teammates around him. He makes so, so players look better than average. And that that's what he's done his whole career. I know he's getting older, but like we can still see the guy can still play. I mean, he, he can, he's still a winning player. And plus you just talk about, uh, just kind of the you know the the disgruntlement that would come into play if you're like hey Chris you know we're tearing this team apart <laughs> we know that you're kind of stuck here because of your contract but suck it up buddy your team's gonna stink <laughs> you know that's just that's not good for anybody that's that's not the Thunder style either no question well Royce uh, you're a busy man we've talked enough I'll let you go <laughs> okay <laughs> no um well how about this really quick how excited are you to see John Morant? Uh, I actually am pretty excited about it. Um, that, that the young Grizzlies are kind of that uh, frisky, talented group that you don't really know what you're going to get every you know any given night. And you know, I, while Morant is not, I, I don't think the Westbrook overall comparison really fits with him completely. But there are elements that are kind of Westbrook-ish, and so I think it'll be kind of a little bit. Uh, there will be some nostalgia there, I think, for some people to kind of like look at John Morant and be like, oh, I remember when Russell Westbrook was kind of naive and trying to jump over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That was those those were good days. I just hope they wear their Vancouver throwbacks. I want to see those yeah. in person. Oh, that would be good. That would be nice. Well, Royce, thank you so much for jumping on the pod, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, dude. Once again, thank you so much to Royce Young for jumping on the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. Appreciate it. The Thunder do play 
Memphis tonight. Another fun night of Thunder basketball. It's never really a boring, dull night when it comes to the Thunder, isn't it? But we will be back tomorrow for Throwback Thursday. And then before you know it, it's Friday. Thank goodness it will be Friday. But everybody, until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.